1: this is the busted open podcast you can listen to the full show monday through saturday from 9 a.m to noon eastern on SiriusXM fight nation channel 156
0: hey what's going on everybody and welcome to another edition of the busted open podcast today on a tuesday the fat and furious returns with myself bully ray and tommy dreamer and we are stacked and packed and ready to go paul Heyman face to face with brock lesnar oh boy Did Paul have some stuff to say to Brock? I want to see what Tommy thinks about it since we have such a close relationship with Paul. Also, the return of Dolph Ziggler last night looking great, gets in the ring and kicks Austin Theory right in the face. Why did he do it? We'll discuss. Also, the whole Eddie Kingston discussion, me and Tommy discussed the body shaming of Eddie Kingston. You're not going to want to miss what we have to say. All that, so much more, right here. The Fat and the Furious on the Busted Open Podcast. Paul Heyman telling Brock Lesnar exactly what his tribal chief would do to Brock Lesnar come SummerSlam. And then we got the arrival of Gable and Otis, and Brock does what Brock does oh so well, just beat the shit out of everybody, manhandled everybody. And if you ever wanted to truly know how strong Brock Lesnar is, he picked up Otis, which is very unbalanced, 330 pounds worth of weight onto his shoulders and F5-ed him through the announce table. Tommy, what did you think about the physicality last night with Brock and Alpha Academy? Do you think it was necessary, and how do you think it came off?
2: Uh, It showed that Brock is the beast that he is. I liked how the people were rumbling when Otis started to slowly step up, and I, for one second, thought that people were like, hey, this is an interesting matchup which goes to, and we talked about it on the master's class, about Otis and kind of dropping the ball with Otis. But there was a rumble when those two went at it, you know, both amateur backgrounds. And then Brock just quickly destroyed everybody. Um, Was it necessary? It's necessary to get yourselves out of that segment. It's necessary without having physicality on Paul or or not having physicality with theory. Um, I always use the term connective tissue. I would have liked to have seen and and I know they've had a little bit, but like if theory, like I said, has some friends or some guys that he's paying to help him do his dirty work. If those are those two guys, Brock explained it. okay. like, you know, when he said, look at all the people that come out when when Brock is on the show. But um, it worked because it worked to show that Brock and, you know, it's we will sacrifice two for the sake of one and that one being Brock Lesnar.
0: Um, we have a last man standing match coming up between Brock and Roman at SummerSlam. We've seen Brock and Roman a bunch of times. They say this will be the last time. What is your level of interest for this last man standing match?
2: Uh, I think it's the main seller of SummerSlam. And I think it's the, it's a main event that yes, even though we've seen before we're seeing different versions of it, And the way, again, how Paul Heyman has promoted it on SmackDown, and I loved because how Raw opened up, they reminded me in case I forgot or in case I didn't watch SmackDown, what Roman Reigns said, because this is really, and what it would be, is a battle of words. And it's also worth having a battle of words without the person being there. Again, while Paul Heyman is so invaluable to this angle, and Paul, if you really think about how great he is, what does Paul do, man? Paul, like, on, for SmackDown, Paul is actually getting a little bit of sympathy and then also building up Brock when Brock wasn't on that show. And how could anyone want to feel bad for Paul Heyman? And even like Roman Reigns is just like, you know, he gets so nervous and the way he was selling, you know, when he put his hand out there, when Brock told him to pick a hand and uh, <laughs> it's just pick a hand, such a pick a hand. I know. And I put out, <laughs> I put out the right and I was shaking. <laughs> so it, it's just such good television. It's episodic television where you have to go and you have to watch um, Smackdown. Even though, again, I reminded, but that whole promo on Smackdown was great. Uh, total side note, but when you're a fan, uh, I like the TV show stranger things and my daughters on Sunday took me to the stranger things experience in Brooklyn. And I had to have watched all of stranger things because I'm a fan to, but if I didn't ever see it, I, I really would enjoy the experience anyway. But because I'm a fan of it, it was awesome. And I had such a great time and I understood everything because I've watched every season and I just it's freshly in my head because I just finished the last two episodes. What I'm talking about for wrestling and the wrestling fan experience. And this is the main event. This is the show that's trying to generate the most interest to sell the most tickets on a big, big show. It has me hooked because I follow it as a fan. And then also as an insider and Paul Heyman is that main person. Uh, and then it's everything else going around. And again, invaluable because Paul just like Roman, just like Brock have kept themselves on top for a long, long time.
0: Talking about Paul Heyman and how invaluable he is and how he's helping to get this whole angle and story over and, making it work despite the fact that Roman is not even there. Now, it's no shock to me and you and probably the listeners that we put Heyman over to the moon uh, for his speaking ability and his also his ability to sell, 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 and sell some more. When I talk about sell, I'm not talking about selling in the ring. I'm talking about selling a show, selling a match, selling an event. Like he's selling this last man standing match, and he's selling SummerSlam. But Paul is not my point. I'm going to skip over to somebody just to put somebody over and how great of a job they're doing, a la the Paul Heyman way of doing it. Christian. Mm -hmm. How amazing of a job is Christian doing in AEW, getting Jungle Boy over, and we haven't seen Jungle
2: Boy in weeks. An amazing job. And- here's the lesson to be learned. We always talk about the machine will move forward. Leading up to all this, everyone was talking about MJF. No one's talking about MJF anymore.
0: Why? Hold on. It's crazy how little we are hearing about MJF these days.
2: Correct. And whether it's an injury where you get taken off the field or it's a behind the scenes, somebody and, you know, Christian, Christian, is another person who's invaluable. Why? Because you know, Christian, I know Christian. He wants to be that top guy. He wants to get under people's skins and all the things that he's doing is invaluable to AEW and the AEW where he is now the top heel in that company where I don't know if before that, or if different opportunities didn't present themselves, he would have been viewed as yes. He main evented, uh, a pay-per-view for the, the world title there, but he could hold the AEW world title now in a heartbeat. And that's invaluable for him. And, you know, going forward, we'll see more of it, but it's that ability to talk and that ability to want to make money and that ability to strive to be the best at any means necessary. And Christian has that same dude. Same with Paul Heyman. And it, it, it's when you look at it, you have to walk, look at it differently. Look at how when Paul walked out with the group and then when he was selling about like he had concern as opposed to here comes Paul Heyman on Monday Night Raw with that fake bravado walk that uh, I have seen that walk and that's Paul's tough guy walk in both real life As well as when Paul would get angry, he would stand up and he'd pull his pants up like he was seven years old and he would waddle towards that. And he wasn't as heavy as he is now, but he would get so pissed off. And that was that's when Paul walks out there. He is he is just the man when he does that. And you could just totally see it. It's body language. It's so many different things that are things that you could just sit back and learn. If you could take one piece of a Paul Heyman, one piece of a Christian, and that just use it, you're going to be invaluable and make yourself a commodity. And again, I will keep saying invaluable all throughout the day.
0: And I this is where the importance of great heels come in and why I have been screaming this at the top of my lungs for so long now. Look at the type of work that Paul Heyman does. Look at the type of work that Christian is doing right now. These are the type of heels that are needed in the wrestling business because they can get so many things over at one time. Um, But Heyman is selling a match that we've seen at least six times before, and we're as intrigued or excited about it uh, now as we were in the past. Christian is getting a younger talent over uh, to to the next level, to the point where I think um, the next time that we hear Jungle Boy's music, it could be one of the loudest pops that we've ever heard in AEW, just because of all the scathing things that Christian uh has said so yeah uh the, the importance uh there cannot be uh um understated when it comes to roman and brock um tommy if theory does not get involved if we get just a straight up match are you keeping the strap on Roman
2: oh, oof. I love the streak And I love that they keep talking about it. Uh, If there's anyone to do it, it's going to be Brock because he, you know, hey, even the mentioning of breaking the Undertaker streak and stuff like that, if there's anyone to do it, it is Brock. But there's that's where I got to kind of go the behind the scenes and say, like, who's going to be here? Who's not going to be here? How can we, you know, get there? And then what do we want to do in the future because it, you know if are we going to want to see theory versus brock how do we get out of that or are we going to see roman versus theory and how do we get out of that i'm bob
0: kendrick president of the negro league's baseball museum and host of black diamonds a serious xm original podcast right now on your podcast feed I'm telling the story of the great Satchel Paige with Guardians pitcher Tristan McKenzie.
3: To know what he meant to the city of Cleveland is huge to know that I could just drag on his coattails a little bit and feel like I'm a part of his legacy.
0: Don't miss Black Diamonds, available now on the SXM app, included with all of our trials and popular plans or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: As a wrestling fan, you know it's hard. All the blood, the sweat, the tears, the chairs. It's a hard day out there. And do you know what tastes incredible after a hard day in the ring? A Mike's Hard Lemonade. You get all hot and bothered, and then you can cool off with an ice-cold hard lemonade. Since day one, Mike's Hard Lemonade has been making lemonade the hard way. They take three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked, from Family Farms and cold-press them to create a taste like no other. They choose to do things the hard way because they know hard days deserve a Hard Lemonade. That's why for 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Find now in store Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't Drive Drunk Premium Malt Beverage with Flavors Mike's Hard Lemonade Company Chicago, Illinois. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active.
0: We've been talking about it this morning. Uh, Now I want to get into it. Donald Ziggler comes out in the middle of that match, sits at the announce table, watches the match when the time is right. He, uh, he knocked Theory's legs off the ropes, causing Theory to lose the match, comes in, super kicks Theory right in the mouth, and we go off the air in a way which I did not think um, uh, we would be hearing. Uh, you know, Dolph Ziggler is back. But always great to see DZ back in the mix because, as I know, you know, Dave knows, Mark knows, the nation knows, Dolph Ziggler is invaluable. Talk about a guy who has always gotten it done for the WWE. Why though? Why was he there before we went to break? You're like, it's the great, I don't know. And it's great. I got to tune in next week, but yeah, we, we got, we got to kind of start thinking here. Why was Dolph Ziggler there? Is Dolph there to tell theory that, I used to be you, kid. I was that young, brash guy who cashed in, and it was the greatest moment of my life, and then it became the worst moment of my life because after that, nothing was the same for me. Is Dolph there to try to warn theory of the the uh, the, the cash-in and and what it can do to your career if it goes the wrong way?
2: I don't know if Dolph Ziggler's career went the wrong way. Um, I mean, he won titles after that, but yes, I mean, Dave, I, Mark, we'll always talk about that was one of the highest of highs for Dolph Ziggler and Dolph's career. Um, Here's what I really enjoy. I enjoy Dolph, uh, Natty, Vikings going down to NXT, given that opportunity, and showing that, man, they could deliver during their little brief hiatus, and then they come back and they're involved in storylines. You know, Natty was with Ronda. The Vikings have a new attitude as well as Dolph Ziggler has a new attitude. I wouldn't tweak Dolph Ziggler that much because Dolph Ziggler is a egotistical babyface. We had that in a Shawn Michaels, who there's always been a lot of comparisons to with Dolph Ziggler, that sweet chin music that he blasted Theory, knocked him straight out, was great. And it gave us a glimpse of a hope that, wow, Dolph's going to be a top guy, put him right in a great spot. And he's somebody who can carry the ball and carry the ball for WWE. And it doesn't have to be a, he's a guy who goes out there and has great matches all the time. So maybe finally they're going to reward that, you know, hard, hard work that he has put in for a very long time within the WWE. And, you know, he's getting that <clears throat> when there was guys who were injured, he would step up and he would get that little bit of a a push. And then it would be like, all right, we got our main players back. Let's push it back down. Um for but for Dolph. Dolph is a main event player, a main event player. You heard the ovation by the fans. It came totally out of nowhere. And then you heard that ovation at the end. And again, when we're talking about invaluable, he's a perfect, uh, perfect lesson of stays in good shape, always has good matches. And hopefully he is finally rewarded with that. Um, And there's a bigger reward than just your paycheck. There's a, there's a bigger reward Of being on top for a long, long time. And in that match, we had uh, Lashley. We had um, another person who I'm probably one of the biggest fans of is Seth freaking Rollins and another invaluable piece. And, you know, a lot of times I talk about AEW, how the depth of their roster, especially right now, is really, really helping them. And I watched Raw and I watched Raw with a different eye because I don't normally host Tuesday and I just kind of, watch Raw when, but I watched it last night and I really dove deep. And I was like, you know what? The WWE does have quite a good future because of all these invaluable assets across the board. And when I say that, when I say it was in every segment, there was something or someone that you can pick up upon and be like, wow, I can invest in that person. I can invest in this person. And then that's where, and This is also per where competition creates better things for the industry, where maybe I have to do these things because changes need to be made and we have to do these now.
0: So you think Dolph appearing last night is more about Dolph and not about theory? I don't think this is for Dolph.
2: I think this is for theory. Oh, Absolutely it is, but it's going to be almost like a lesson and a lesson learned where you'll get that invaluable experience of, you know, I loved your, I loved your scenario that you put out there. It's a great scenario. There's a, but then it also gives life to Dolph Ziggler as this baby face challenging this kid. And you know, Dolph, if you got, if you get a glimpse of the promo work that he set did in NXT and he'll do it on Monday night raw. You'll be like, it's a whole new world for him and the way he can hang on the mic and deliver how he delivers. He's got, there's a a really cool and quick uh, tone to his jib and it'll be good. It'll be really good.
0: The matches that, um, Dolph and theory will have will be great. Dolph will teach him a lot and uh, you couldn't have theory with a better guy. But yeah, I do believe that Dolph is going to be the baby face that Trot that says, listen, kid, I used to be you. I was exactly you. I was cocky. I was brash. I was egotistical. I was full of myself. And I held that exact briefcase. And I cashed it in and, it you know, I know what you said, Tommy, like Dolph's had a lot of success after that cash in, but he, it, it was never the same after that cash in for him. And I think if he tries to tell theory that and is looking out for him, that's that's a baby face thing to do. Hey, kid, I made these mistakes. I want to try to watch out for you. I'm the veteran here you don't want to screw this up in theory going, get out of my way. You washed up absolute nobody. The only reason they keep you around is because I I don't know what, because you're a good little hand. There is a lot of potential here with the, the both of them. Um, Is it, but why now? Is it a short lived thing? Like does this, does this kind of stooge off that theory is, not going to cash in. Everybody thinks Theory is going to cash in. But what if he doesn't cash in? What if he still has the briefcase? Now they just introduced Dolph. SummerSlam is around the corner. How could Theory possibly, you know, be winning the championship? And what, what is Dolph there for? You know, what is Dolph there for? Am I making wow. sense right now? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, they just started this storyline weeks. I think it's two weeks before SummerSlam. So we're talking about the theory cash in. If he does, he's the youngest world champion, but then that would be a weird fit for Dolph. It almost feels like they're swerving us with the money in the bank cash in. Like he's not going to cash in.
2: Well, that, like I said, works for me because why he's a heel and heels lie. Um, he could also, he, here's the one thing where I would say we're already past the point of no return for your version of it because you already kicked him in the face and knocked him out on national television. He then has to, ex- Dolph has to explain why, or Theory needs to come out there and demand why Def- Dolph Ziggler would interfere in this match, on, you know, taking away his moment on Monday Night Raw, blah, 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 blah. And then Dolph can explain it uh why but dolph Dolph can still be that like like hey kid blah 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 and get over as the baby face like hey i already knocked you out once i'll knock you out again you know there there's this is why they've already had physicality he already dropped him now we have to know why and that's the backstory of why you gotta tune in and Could this help Theory? A hundred percent. Just being in the ring last night with the men that he was in the ring with really, really helps Theory. If When I say it's all hands on deck for the WWE, it's all hands on deck. And bring everybody back. Why? Because, hey, there's a lot of a negative cloud on the WWE right now because of the the behind-the-scenes stuff. But guess what? We have to move forward as a company, and we're going to be and deliver the best product that we possibly can. And I feel that that's what they're trying to do.
0: You know, this was a conversation. You you talk about the negative cloud looming over the WWE right now, and the A number one thing that they can do to make people forget about that negative cloud is put on a great product. I I don't believe uh, me and Dave were having the conversation yesterday. I don't believe that the overwhelming majority of fans in the WWE universe care about that black cloud right now. And and I told Dave, I said, based on what I see for the response from Vince McMahon, but the WWE does have an opportunity here to use the smoke and mirrors of great product to make people forget about what's going on behind the scenes. And I think the all hands on deck um, theory, so to speak, no pun intended, is a great way to go about it. Uh, You know how I feel about this whole, uh, you know, two two different brands and and, and the draft and the split. I I never thought it meant anything except for the first time that it was done. And I'm a big believer on putting on the best TV show you possibly can on any given night. And if that means a Raw person has to be on SmackDown or a SmackDown person has to be in Raw, so be it. Because you know, as a a Booker Tommy, as uh, the owner of House of Hardcore, who's had to put together many shows, you have an obligation to put on the absolute best show you possibly can on any given night, regardless of who the talent is, where the talent comes from. Uh, I think this is another good question to throw out to the nation about Dolph and, and theory. Why do you think Dolph has come back? Why do you think Dolph showed up and super kicked theory in the face? I I'd love to hear from, from some of our uh, nation fans out there uh, about why they think they did it. Is Dolph a big enough of a star to get Austin theory to the next level? Tommy.
2: Yes. And you heard by his ovation, forget about the ovation he got when he returned to NXT. Um, you heard the ovation and you heard the pop when he kicked theory and you the, The facials, what the hell's going on? You heard that, you know, San Antonio crowd, which at times wasn't the loudest. You are correct. And then you heard them explode. And that explosion was just like, eh. and again, that's why I love wrestling. And I love uh, what I saw last night on so many different levels because wrestling fans don't forget. And they realize his greatness. And as a baby face, we can now cheer you as opposed at uh, your greatness, as opposed to boo you. How has
0: Dolph Ziggler managed to stay over in fans' eyes when he really hasn't done much for years?
2: Because of hard work and always having great matches. And what would he? You know, he's the the show stealer. He. What do it would you go think out there that and,
0: Dolph Ziggler still rides the wave of that money in the bank cash in from 10
2: years ago? No, because his body of work that he just had with Braun Breaker showed of how great of a performer he is. And yeah, I know not a lot of people that, don't that watch was in, it.
0: That's not an that's in NXT. I mean, that, that's not the majority of the WWE universe seeing that.
2: If you're. An older quarterback and you still get your team to the playoffs, it still works. And, you know, if I'm using the Tom Brady reference, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. But then there's also older quarterbacks who are still out there and they're still quarterbacking teams and trying to get them to the playoffs. And if you get people to the playoffs, that extends your career a little bit longer and extends like, oh man, he really is still that good. He still has that gas in the tank and it's your body of work throughout your career that keeps you there.
1: Hey everyone, Lindsay Rhodes here, and if you're obsessed with the NFL like I am, you're going to love my podcast, The NFL Roadshow, where we're joined by great guests like the legendary Reggie Wayne. Still waiting on that Hall of Fame call.
0: You know you'll get in. I just hoping I proud had have much more great than I have right now, you know, before they call me. Just know whenever I do get that phone call, it's going to be a celebration. It's going to be a party for sure.
1: New episodes are released every Thursday. Listen on the SXM app and wherever you stream your podcasts.
0: A couple of days ago, social media, people were burying Eddie Kingston, making fun of Eddie Kingston, talking about Eddie Kingston's physique and how he needed to change. He was too heavy, too overweight. I mean, people were just piling on Eddie. And I'm just like, dear God, Eddie's over as... All hell in AEW. One of those guys that gets a response like no other in the company. And I'm saying to myself, I don't get it. And one of the things that I have always said is Dusty didn't need abs. And in no way, shape or form am I comparing Eddie Kingston to Dusty Rhodes? Because when you're talking about Dusty Rhodes, there are no comparisons. My point is. Dusty didn't need abs or Dusty didn't need to go to the gym or Dusty didn't need to be a body guy or do cardio to be as over as Dusty Rhodes ever was. Why do you think people are, are, are bashing Eddie Kingston? Why do you think people are all over Eddie Kingston for his physique? Like, what's your take on this whole situation?
2: Uh, oof. Well if I would say this in professional wrestling, it's a lot of times higher ups will judge a book by its cover. And you may not get that opportunity by the way you look. Um, I'll look at, listen, one of the greatest baseball players of all time, Babe Ruth. I yep. mean, look at his physique, though he really ran the bases very, very quick. Um, but he did not have the prototypical baseball physique, but what is the actual wrestling great physique? Because when I saw all this about Eddie, I was just like, um, okay, really would that mean Ray Mysterio has the greatest wrestling physique? Ray Mysterio looks great, but okay. But then Ray is short. Isn't that part of your physique or he's tiny? He's not, he's in great shape, but what I'm saying. He's in great shape, but he's a tiny person. Yes, but how do you judge what a great wrestler or wrestling physique should be? I wish I looked like Road Warrior Hawk and had that great build, but it's your body of work and what you do with it and what really, really speaks about it. Today's world, and it's a shame that people have to go through that because then Listen, we are all human beings and everyone could praise like, hey, you had a great match. Your peers can tell you you had a great match. And then somebody on social media can say you looked fat and you'll hear that. You could be in an arena of people chanting your name and then you have, come back, you have a great match, and then somebody says something or posts a picture about yourself and you're like, oh, great. Now I got to feel self-conscious. When I talk about the wrestling body, again, there's been people who've had amazing physiques. There's also been people who have not the best physiques and have, you know, Hall of Famers or just really, really good wrestlers or tough guys. It's so funny that you're talking about this because last night before I go to bed and I watched a guy come back to the WWF after breaking Bruno Sammartino's neck and his name was Stan Hansen. And Stan Hansen had a body just like Eddie Kingston when he came to the ring and he wore trunks and nobody said Stan Hansen uh, wasn't a pro wrestler or everybody always talks about the toughness of another great Native American called Wahoo McDaniel. He wore a butcher, He had a big old drum on him, probably from drinking beer. But every wrestler that ever wrestled him said he was one of the toughest as well as he was one of the greatest performers ever. Or if I'll go to the seventies, which I think could be an entire master's class of wrestlers who were so over that never won a world title, go back and look at chief Jay Strongbow and how every single time his body looked worse than mine. And I'm talking about current and I'm not talking about when I was younger. Why the hell does anybody, and yes, I get it, it's it's called body shaming, and when you do it to somebody, it hurts. Me, personally, I could care less about it. I said this before, and I'll say it again. I used to feed fat jokes to Matt Stryker so he would say them on the air so Vince would laugh because guess what? I knew that my boss would pop for these little things. And Stryker would get the pat on the back because I don't care about that stuff because your body of work should speak for itself. And I will tell everybody this. I used to have, um, I always had love handles and I was very self-conscious about them until one day Paul Heyman pulled me aside and he gave me this lesson about my love handles. And he said, either forget about it or lose weight. And you know what? I tried, and but I did forget about it. And then one time, I'm upside down in the tree of woe from Tajiri, and my shirt goes over my head. Why? Because I'm upside down. And in my head, I'm freaking out. Oh, my God. I'm on national television. My love handles are out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I get hit with the baseball kick, and I'm laying there, and people are like, oh, holy shit. Holy shit. There was not one person that was like you have love handles, blah 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 blah. And then I was like, "Damn it, Paul was right." And that was a like three and a half year process. But I get it. None of us are. I would have loved to look like Lex Luger. I really would have. Um, I don't. And I'd like to go and you know blame my dad. Can I lose weight? Yes, I have to. I would love to look like Billy Gunn. I don't. But to go out there and say that my body of work or I'm not I don't deserve to be wrestling, especially when you're not a wrestler, when you can't do anything that Eddie Kingston can do, how dare you? But I look at social media a lot of times. If I told you, hey, take a, why don't you go to your phone every day and, and you know, before you go to your phone, take a little bit of rat poison and put it in your mouth. Because you're putting toxicity into your system. If I told you to do that, you'd say I was crazy, right? But that's what you do. Use your platforms for good, not for bad, because you can affect somebody's life. So should you do it? If I look at it, go look at yourselves in the mirror. But then if you're also talking about somebody wrestling, you're all entitled to your opinion. Great. But if you're going out there and literally calling out somebody for something you can't do, guess where the real insecurity is? That's with you.
0: And I think the body of work should be put first over the actual body. Think of all the guys that you just mentioned. How about a guy named Dick Murdoch? How about a guy named Adrian Adonis? How about a guy named Abdullah the Butcher? Mega overstars who never even, they don't even know a guy named Jim, let alone see the inside of a gym. When I watch Eddie Kingston, And I'm listening to the crowd and I'm seeing the reaction. The last thing that I'm looking at is his belly hanging over his pants or his love handles. I see 15,000 people going crazy for the guy whose belly is hanging over his pants and his love handles. Who cares? He's over with the people. The people love him. Meatloaf was 300 pounds. Meatloaf didn't look like Vince Neil or David Lee Roth or John Bon Jovi or Sebastian Bach or Elvis when Elvis got big. When you're over, you're over.
2: And And that's it. And he was told he didn't have the look of what. And then a brand new label believed in him. Because they believed in his body of work, which was beautiful music that he that he played, and then why we still talk about Meatloaf and one of the you know at the time most listened to show um show, song, most uh you know gold albums, all that stuff, and he became Meatloaf because somebody else believed in him, man uh, there there's I could go on a deep deep dive with this. we don't have the time to do it, but it, it's just. There's so many, like, who has the perfect body in professional wrestling? Then I would say, who has the perfect body in football? Who has the perfect body in basketball? Did Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who scored the most points, have the greatest physique as a basketball player? And then am I going to go LeBron? Am I going to go Michael Jordan? And that's in real sports. This is predetermined. Also, by the way, if anyone wants to, Take a bandage and wrap it around your stomach to sell a steel cage match that he literally had. I know three days went by, but that was on the same night, probably Um, wrap that around your stomach and see how much more your belly and your love handles are accentuated. And the fact that he's he pulls down his straps because I really don't think that possibly Eddie gives two shits, but his body of work should speak for it. And Eddie Kingston uh, is a really good wrestler. And so are all the people that we've named before.
0: At one time in my career, I was 402 pounds. At one time in my career, I was 275 pounds. No matter what the weight, it never stopped me. Um, And that's why I would say, when you're over, you're over. Period. People don't care.
3: Busted Open is part of the XM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Mary Balon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas.